these kids. They're gonna love Dark Falls. <laughs> Somebody's out there. Something. Or something. <laughs> Saber's coming. Come on, man, we gotta go. Saber's hungry. You'll stay out of the basement. I must have your beautiful hands. On the brain you gotta believe me you just got to believe me <laughs> welcome to welcome to deadcast welcome to welcome to hi i'm daniel montgomery hi i'm matthew scott montgomery and we are the terror twins Ow. we love goosebumps we love tales to give you goosebumps more tales that's right we are in the second collection of short stories it is called more tales to give you goosebumps mm. short and sweet short and spooky We've already talked about the werewolf's first night. We've already talked about P.S. Don't Write Back. We've already talked about something fishy. And now you gotta believe me. You gotta believe me. You we're talking to help me. We're talking about aliens today. Mmm, aliens. What is it about aliens that feels so summery? I don't know. I can't think of anything. Like... I don't know. My brain goes to signs and like oh. cornfields and oh. I don't know, hot summer nights and aliens <laughs> standing on the roof and glasses yeah. of water and Yeah, all that sounds just like signs. Yeah, I guess it all does just sound like signs. Huh? That's cool. But like summer's so boring sometimes when you're a kid. That, like, you gotta spice it up with aliens, you I don't know? know about all that, but okay. You know, if you're not at the pool, you should be getting abducted by aliens. That's a thought. I don't know. I'm just trying to make this work, and I wish you'd support me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Am I right? Yeah, you, you gotta believe you. you no, know, you gotta believe me. So oh. let's just talk about it, shall we? Yeah, let's just talk about it, okay? Okay. Our protagonist is a kid named Stanley. Stuttering Stanley. Stuttering Stanley. Stuttering Stanley. Stanley. A kid named Stanley. And Stanley starts off this short story telling the reader that he saved the world from weird aliens from outer space, but yeah. no one believes him. Yeah, this is um kind of a fun, different kind of trope that Arlstein does every now and then. It's not too often that he does this, but it's one of those ones where it's like, something crazy happened to me. You, you're you're going to believe me, right? Well, let me start at the beginning. Like that kind of thing. Yes, and it's kind of cute. This one this one is, is definitely our, one of the most sci-fi stories that we've had so far in Goosebumps. I want to say the most sci-fi You can say that. It's not scary, really. It's more just sort of... Here's a, an alien story about what happened to Stanley one summer. That's right. So it all started... Because Stanley's parents would not let him have a TV in the house. They're total. Hi- they're total hippies. The total hippies. The, and instead of buying him a TV, they bought him a telescope to look at the stars in the sky. He loves to look at the stars at night. And they really, they were like, no, we shouldn't have a TV in the house. You can use your telescope and look at science in the world. That seems like cruel and unusual punish. I know, pretty much. And so he does use this telescope, and he starts seeing all kinds of flying sources in the air. And shapes and colors. Like, is that true? Like, I mean, it's, you got, do you believe Stanley? 
<laughs> I gotta believe him. Right? So he says that he keeps seeing different flying saucers and all kinds of stuff. And nobody, and he starts telling people, but nobody believes him. Not even his older sister, Laura, who says he's just doing it for attention. But speaking of attention, she's the one who's been sneaking out early to put on her makeup for Herbie, the high school heartthrob. I'm sorry, what is this, 1954? There's also something so, you know, like... Aliens seem so 50s at the same time. Yeah, you know? so Herbie fully loaded. <laughs> Seriously. So older sister Laura doesn't believe Stanley. Younger brother Dan also doesn't believe Stanley. Calls him a total geek. Well, it's rare that we have an older sibling and a younger sibling. Usually it's just annoying younger sibling. Not only does, does his family not believe him, but also his best friends, Robbie and Melanie, don't believe him at all. The thing is, like, Stanley's not known as, like, some, like, total sci-fi geek or whatever. He's, like, not a weirdo. He's just, and this is how Stanley describes himself, just a regular seventh grader, 5'4", brown hair, blue eyes, wired rim glasses, who plays a mean game of hoops. But still, no one believes him. Not even the police, which he he's called the police a few times. Wow, the boy who cried aliens. Then, cut to Wednesday, July 12th. Wow. That night, it's so hot. It's too hot. He can't sleep. I can't sleep, it's so hot. So he goes downstairs to get some carrot juice. Hippie parents. And... There's a thunderstorm that night. Ooh. And he's like, ooh, let me watch this thunderstorm through the kitchen window. God, carrot juice sounds good now. It does sound good, doesn't it? I wish it? I had hippie parents. I know. And he sees a flash through the window, and he realizes that's not lightning. That seems to be something else. Wait a second. So he runs to his telescope, and he looks through the telescope, and he sees a big, round, flying saucer with flashing white lights hovering over Mr. Tribble's cornfield. <laughs> Wait, what? Are you serious? Yeah, you gotta believe me. There's a big flying saucer over Mr. Tribble's cornfield? Well, not for long, because then it flies away, and Stanley's like, uh, I'm not gonna let this go. So he gets dressed, and he runs outside to go check it out. In the thunderstorm? Yep, it's still raining, honey, but who cares? I don't care. And he runs through the rain to Mr. Tribble's cornfield, and he sees a burned circle in the ground where the saucer had been. What? And not only that, he sees mean old Mr. Tribble is standing right behind him holding a pitchfork. Oh, no. He's going to be in big Tribble. <laughs> and Stanley says, no, Mr. Tribble, I saw this uh, I saw this flying saucer. But Mr. Tribble does not believe him. Uh-uh. No one believes him. He can be the Tribble and you can be the base. Wow. That's good. I can be the Tribble, baby. You can be the base. You can be the base. You can be the base. I can be the trouble, baby. You can be the base. You can be the base. You can be the So Stanley runs home, and then the next morning at breakfast, he tells his family. And of course, they don't believe him. Laura doesn't believe him. Dan doesn't believe him. Robbie doesn't believe him. Melanie doesn't believe him. None of them exist. He's just a boy who made all this up in his mind. None, nothing exists. Yes, that's true. And... He's scared of Mr. Tribble because Mr. Tribble's very mean. So he's like, well, I would go back over to investigate, but probably I shouldn't. I'm scared. I'm scared. So he says, well, but what I can do is just sneak and take a quick pick of that burned circle, right? So did the saucer land on the ground and burn a circle, or was it hovering above the ground and burned a circle in the ground? It's hard to tell. Yeah, that's true. That was it, crazy with that thunderstorm and everything. It's really hard to tell. Yeah, that's a really good point. So Stanley, like in order to avoid Mr. Tribble, decides to take this photo evidence at midnight that next night. Mm. 
But right before he's going to go do that, he looks out the window and sees the flying saucer hovering over Mr. Tribble's cornfield again. Again? And he says, what? It's there again? So he sneaks over past Mr. Tribble's house, like past the barn or something, and into where where, where it is in the cornfield. Mm-hmm. And he describes uh, the saucer. It's huge, apparently. Like half the like half the size of a football field. That's a lot bigger than I was imagining at first when I read this. Yeah, it's very big, and it has shiny stairs coming down from the center of it. And and Stanley can see creatures walking up and down, and these creatures are as big as cows. What? And they have mucus, green-colored skin. Ew. Uh... And Matthew, why don't you read the description of them in the book? They had giant mashed-in heads with big, glittery eyes. Sex. They had tentacles all over their heads where their hair should be. They walked on six legs. Two arms grew out of their backs. And instead of hands, they had giant claws. And slimy green goo dripped from their buddies. Oh, that makes me feel sick. Ew, that's so intense. They also are carrying, like, silvery instruments in their arms or something. And they are pointing them at the sky. And there's a bunch of them. Two of them are standing sort of close to him talking in a gloppy language. Which is definitely English, which is a little like, what? But this is what they say to each other. One alien goes, We're almost at stage three. This signal will be the final one. And then another alien says, It is the Earthling's own fault. Sending television waves out into space gave us the idea. And then another alien says, Once we learned their language and we understood the importance of television to them, it was just a matter of time. It has been ten long years. The invisible messages we have been broadcasting through their TV programs have made them weak and stupid. Earthlings do not believe in flying saucers. They think we are science fiction. The last message will finish them. They will not be able to resist. They will be helpless before us. They will simply give up. When do we broadcast? In exactly 20 Earth hours. We start at 8 o'clock tomorrow when the Earthlings call prime time. Mmm, super expository, guys. Hilarious. But do you guys get it? Because Stanley doesn't have a TV in his house, he hasn't been getting those invisible messages, bitch. That just goes to show you, you should never watch TV. Yeah, stay away from TV and suck down your carrot juice, bitch. (laughs) So after this uh, glorious globby dialogue happens, mm. a big silver satellite-looking dish thing rises out of the top of the ship. All the aliens stand watching it. And Stanley's like, oh, I should be taking pictures of this. Idiot man. Why am I not taking pictures? And he goes to take a picture, but then he sneezes. Oh. Uh, must be all that corn flour in the air. Is he allergic to adventure? And all the aliens look at him. Oh no. And they start walking towards him. Oh no, with their mashed in heads and glittery eyes. Glittery eyes. That's hot. And he freezes in place and is like, oh no, what am I going to do? And one of the aliens jabs him in the side with a silver tube and everything goes black. Too scary. That's too scary. Sorry. So he wakes up and he is strapped to a table and there's no light in this room. The only light that it, 
the only light's coming from a TV. No, not a TV. That please. is about six feet in front of him. No. And alien voices say, just watch the television. And he is forced to watch three hours of television. Sounds like my dream. Yeah, that sounds great. Tie me down to a table and make me watch three hours. Yeah, for sure. How about six? And it's uh, a rerun of Space Trekkers. Ha 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 And after three hours of watching the TV, um, he's like... Uh, they ask him how he feels. And he's like, oh, and, he, feel- and he's like, actually, he feels totally fine. He's like, to- all good. But he decides to act like he's hypnotized. Because these aliens' asses are assuming that he's been watching TV his whole life. And so he's used to getting invisible messages to, like, hypnotize him. So his ass is pretending to be hypnotized now. Ass. But he's not. His ass isn't actually hypnotized. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, but he sounds like he is. He's like, oh, I feel. And they say, Good. Now, go home. You have not been here. When we come, you will be ready. And he responds, I will be ready. Mm -hmm. And next thing he knows, he's back in the cornfield and just walks like a zombie back back to his house. Walk, walk, walk Walk like like a a zombie. zombie. And when he gets home, he tells his parents everything. And believe it or not, they don't believe him. What? You gotta believe him. And he says, oh, but I took pictures. You see, I took pictures. But he realizes the camera is gone. Bitch. The next morning, he calls Robbie and uh, Melanie Yay. and says, you guys, you guys, this happened last night. They don't believe him. Ugh. He goes to the police station and tells them what happened. They don't believe him. They just laugh. Ugh. And Stanley's like, okay, okay, I've got to stop this. I've got to stop the signal. Maybe I can build something to stop them, like a mirror to reflect their satellite waves. Yeah, that'll work. Just build a mirror. So he decides to get all of the aluminum foil that he can find from the local general store. Oh, thank God. He buys $134 worth with his <laughs> life savings. Oh. And he convinces Robbie and Melanie to help him with this. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay. And they unroll every roll of aluminum foil and make a Don't try this at home, you guys. Yes, don't touch it. Promise. Save your money for for something so much better. Like candy. (laughs) Like candy. And they they combine all this aluminum foil and make like a flat mirror, I guess. Yes. That, that, That... Stanley describes as about be, being about two times the size of his dining room table. Okay. And he carries this over to Mr. Treble's, corn, Treble's Cornfield. That sounds easy to carry. Sorry, Mr. Tribble's Cornfield. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When he gets there, he sees the, the flying saucer and the dish, like that satellite dish thing, just hanging and waiting for, you know, for 8 o'clock for the big signal or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, oh, gosh, oof, this is not big enough. I need to make something bigger. So Stanley goes back home, and his little brother has, a like, a ball of foil collection. Listen, we all have hobbies, okay? That's from, like, a science project or something. Sure, okay. And so he unravels his brother's big, giant ball of foil. You gotta believe him. To make his mirror thing even bigger. Yes, he has to make the mirror bigger, so he steals his brother's ball of foil. And somehow, some way, he manages to haul this mirror screen foil thing, to haul it up to the highest branch of a big tree that's facing the right direction. Oh, okay. And I can't quite picture this. No, I can't picture this. 
And at 8 p.m. on the dot, a blue light comes from the satellite dish and aims towards where I guess it's aiming towards and hits the aluminum foil mirror and reflects right back. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And then that blue light just stops and that dish goes back inside the saucer and then the flying saucer flies away. What a relief. I'm so glad their plan didn't get foiled. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) <laughs> Stanley <laughs> Stanley leaves the foil up in the tree, walks home, and t- again tells his parents for the 50th time, and nobody believes him. And his mom makes some sort of offhand comment. It's like, well, I can tell you one thing. TV is definitely, definitely has the ability to take over the world, honey, so you're right there. And he's like, yeah, great, good one, mom. And that's the end of his story. That's it. He's like, I, I saved the world from the aliens, and and I guess that'll be it till they come back. So, Matthew, would you read the first paragraph and last paragraph of this amazing story? I know you won't believe me. Nobody else does. I told my parents. I told my teachers. I told the police. I told the newspapers. I ev- I've even written to the President of the United States. Ha. I might as well have told my pet turtle, Mabel. Which I did. I just saved the world from weird aliens from outer space. You believe me, don't you? (laughs) I mean, that's kind of it, you guys. What was going to happen with the blue light? It was going to, you know, um, reach, send that last signal to all the TVs in town. Uh Uh-huh. And hypnotize the citizens. Uh Uh-huh. And fry their brains oh okay okay cool so it was to fry their brains right right i don't know if we know for sure i don't think we know for sure so stanley just left a giant sheet of aluminum foil that was the size of two dining tables up in a tree behind mr tribble's corn yard if you believe him <laughs> when i was reading the story i guess i believed him this is also fiction for children but mm-hmm. like I, it wasn't until we were talking about it now when I was reading through your notes. I was like, wait a second. Maybe there is no Miranda and... Robbie? Melissa, and, Melanie and Robbie? Yep. <laughs> and Dan or even Laura. You know what I mean? Like maybe he's just an only child who has a wild imagination that done run away. Or maybe you're thinking about it too much. Maybe. Or are you just not thinking about it enough? Maybe. Tell us what you think about it. Yeah, what do you think? Do you believe Stanley? It wasn't a really scary one, was it, guys? I don't know. Some of it was kind of scary. Yeah. I don't like being poked with a silver tube in the side and then being taken up to no alien shit. Well, that's where you and I differ, honey. Oh, okay. That's the difference between the two of us. So if you want to say hi, say hi. Yeah. You can email us at welcome to deadcast at gmail.com. Do you promise? Or you can say hi to me personally. On my Instagram, which is Daniel X Montgomery, or on Twitter, which I'm just Daniel Montgomery. There. Or you could say hi to me personally. My address is eight two. I'm just kidding. Um, my Instagram is Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery, and my Twitter is iRobotUJane. We want to give a special sweet shout we out. We want to give the specialist our sweetest w- a wonderful shout out. fan and 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 friend of the podcast, Morgan. Morgan, we're talking to you. Morgan, Morgan thank Morgan, you for your sweet card. You. And Morgan sent us two teddy bears. Oh my God, I'm screaming. Dan, will you tell the listeners what? 
what the teddy bear's name is. One is Old Bear and one is Mr. Teddy. I'm screaming. I screeched when I got it in the mail. That you that you would know from Tales to Give You Goosebumps, Mr. Teddy. Oh my god, I'm so obsessed. We were so happy. Howling. Thank you so much for sending that to us. Thank you for stuffed animals. You know how much I love them, okay? Yes, thank you. Much appreciated. Thank you for listening. Morgan, you're the coolest. So we're gonna keep it summary. Yes, that's right. And we're gonna jump into a, a beachy tale. Yeah, now we're gonna go to the beach. Yeah, we're going all the way to the beach. Suckers. And yes, this one is called, the next one's called Suckers! Exclamation point. Ooh. And um, I hope you listen to it because it's it's pretty strange. Yeah, you thought this shit was weird? Wait until you hear fucking Suckers, bitch. Yeah, where do you get them suckers? <laughs> wow. You're gonna get them all right. Oh, wow. If you dare. <laughs> Yep, yep.